Trials and tribulations, life can get rough. And through the storm, we'll make it just put your trust in him. No matter what you're going through, I know that I'll never leave you. You feel that you can't take no more. You may think you've seen it all. podcast and I'm here with co-host Karen Wilson and Michael Hurt so welcome to both of you guys today thank hey, you for joining hey, us as hey, usual and making this show what it is today we are talking about something that I think is going to get rather deep so hold your seats <laughs> folks and we Seat definitely belts. <laughs> yes, belts. we want you to be able to join this conversation after always go to the website gethappywithj.com you can always leave us a comment there we also have a facebook page get happy with jay we want to hear from you and today's topic should be one where we definitely get some feedback we are talking about the feminization of black men what that means we are going to be digging deep and talking about it from several different angles. So get ready to listen, enjoy, and like I said, engage with us. And thank you for listening. We always want to hear where you guys are listening to us. Are you listening to us on Spotify, iTunes, some other source directly from the website? I would love to know just to, to know where are you guys hearing about us? How did you hear about us as we try and spread the word? If you like what you hear, please share this podcast like subscribe and like i said comment that builds up our listening audience and makes people aware of us and we so appreciate you guys helping us do this so let's get right into the topic michael i think you brought this topic to the table and i was like all for discussing it so first um tell the listening audience what that means to you when you even hear the term or the idea of the feminization of black men let's get right into it you know i think um you know i'm just sitting here the wheels are turning very fast and multiple wheels at that the thing of it is when i when i hear it let me back up it, i see it more than i hear it okay so what i'm saying is that it, it, it is something that has um you know uh slowly crept up on us and what i mean is there, there's these little bitty what i like to call microaggressions mm -hmm. as it relates to the feminization of black men Specifically, um, you know, you, I could name I could name artists, I could name actors, I could name people. But I remember, you know, uh, I'm from that era when it was just cool to be a black man and have a little bass in your voice and you know have broad shoulders, you know, and have facial hair, whatever it is. Not that that is the that exactly describes a man, but what has happened as of late is, you know, they've smoothed off the man. You know, it's kind of like. You are rewarded in the industry, Hollywood and the like, if you are willing to be kind of soft. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Take a little bit of that bass out of your voice. Well, and I even think it starts as uh, in, in regular life. And, um, you know, you have your, your social norms. Girls play with dolls. 
boys play with the football. Now they're trying to, you know, switch that, and he needs to get in touch with his feminine side. And you've gotten to the point, and, you know, even with the – with the ear piercing, you know, it used to be yeah. you could just do one, and then, yeah, you would, and then, it, then it's now two. it's both, yeah. and then and the elongating of the hair. You've got uh, mm-hmm. little boys today, except for their clothes, you have no idea what's going mm-hmm. on. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So I think they're, and oh, and right. then they do all these big things about gender reveal, and then they have um, gender neutral clothing, gender neutral clothes, and all sorts of stuff. I was like, listen, you're either a boy or a girl. Deal. All of that's garbage. I just I just want to go on the record by saying that. Yeah, we'll definitely um, <laughs> touch on that subject because that really involves um, the LGBTQ plus community and how they view topics and discussions like we're having as offensive to that community. And what they have to realize is that when we're having these conversations about black male masculinity, it's not anti-anybody else. No, it's not. We are just talking specifically about this group of people and right. what is happening. And it's it's like a new form almost of like buck breaking. That's and exactly uh, for people that do are not familiar with that term, that started back in the times of slavery where they would take uh, the strong black male which they wanted to weaken mm-hmm. in any way possible because of course they would be a source of uprising mm-hmm. source of strength mm-hmm. to the enslaved people mm-hmm. and so buck breaking took on uh, various forms sometimes they would literally sodomize black men yep. to weaken them uh, sometimes they would uh, rape uh, black uh, enslaved females in front of black men yep um, they would do any number of things, taking their children. Sometimes they would uh, take a strong black male and literally almost beat him to death mm-hmm. in front of women, in front of other people to make them fearful to say, okay, we're going to stay in our place and not uprise because this could happen to us. And um, all sorts of tactics to put uh, division between the black family, right. meaning uh, black women and black men. So it's been since slavery um, and moving forward through Jim Crow, you name it. We'll talk about that as the show goes on. But that's it's kind of like a softening yeah. of uh, buck breaking. And yeah. one of the things that I think that we have all seen uh, a few weeks ago, Pharrell, the great producer um, and artist who was on the cover of, I believe it was GQ magazine, and it looked like this overcoat dress, banana dress, is what whatever it. it was. And so I was <laughs> offended um, on several levels because, first of all, having this black man in this dress, I mean, it's one thing if he was a gay man, which he says that he's not. And then secondly, the dress looked like it was a bunch of bananas. And I'm like, this is like, is this subtle racism here? That you have a black man on the cover of a magazine in a dress that looked like a bunch of bananas. Mm-hmm. And it's like, hello, equating him to a primate, like what's going on here? So it was offensive to me in in many um, in many ways. So did you guys both see that cover? And what were your thoughts when you saw it? When, when, I, when I first saw that cover, uh, of course, I had to, I was on Facebook on my phone. And I had to, I was scrolling and I had to scroll backwards. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that looks like Pharrell. And those look like bananas. And then I'm like, oh, he's really doing this. Because I had to make sure it wasn't something that was photoshopped. or. Mm-hmm. But no, this was really, 
he had really done this. Then my second reaction was, I was, I was pissed at him. I'm like, dude, are you serious? You know, and if you notice, you know, I think Pharrell is a great producer, music, you know, music producer. But if you notice, he, he really hasn't been out there. He kind of fell off a little bit after the whole he got sued by Marvin Gaye's uh, family oh, that's right. uh, for that song that he yeah. had. I think Blurred Lines. Blurred lines and the, uh, they said, well, the cowbell, the cowbell sound came from, you know. You know, so he went through that and he just kind of went this way. So I think this is his way of staying relevant. Something, staying but. relevant, but 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 it was it was abs- I was I was offended, but I was offended at him mm-hmm. because he made a conscious decision to put that dress on. He put the dress on. They okayed the photo shoot. They tell you all that stuff before you even step into the building. You think so? He was okay with that. Yeah, and let that go out. I, I'm I'm very disappointed. Yeah, I was, because I, was, I, was not happy I never all. thought. Well, it's just, yeah, I'm offended on all levels. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, that his publicist and and he was okay with that image being put out there, I'm done with you. Yep. And I didn't read the corresponding article, but I think that the title of the article that went with that cover was something about the new masculinity. Yeah, I think you're right. And it's like, who are you guys to <laughs> determine what the new yeah. masculinity yeah. is? Yeah. What's wrong with the old masculinity? Right. And it just harkens to this 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 new terminology, uh, pretty much coined by a bunch of feminists. Right. Toxic masculinity. Yeah. Oh my. And God. it's like, what what is that supposed to mean? And that, it just always seems like yeah. they want to make the face of that to be an African American man. A black man. man. Here's my thing with that, and and this is this is uh, I don't I don't have a really soft way to say it. I mean, if you really want to talk about toxic masculinity, you need to go back to slavery, when white men were raping black women, black men, and black children. If you're looking for a face, you don't have to look very far, and that's not to offend anybody, but it is the raw truth. You know, it it, it is it is it is. That is history, and that's something they, you know, um, people don't like to talk about. They don't like to visit that. But I can remember, like, one of my favorite actors, just because I just I just love the style, was, um, I can't even think of his name, but he played the, um, in the movie, he played John Coffey. Um, really, really big guy. I can't even think of what his name is. But he was just a black male, and he was what you would call on, if he was a slave, the big black buck. And that's who they would try to break. Yeah. Six foot six, 275 pounds, solid muscle, break him. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that there, uh, there's just so many different examples of that um, and how they feel like if you're a, a strong black man that you have to also be soft. And I think we can even bring up Terry Crews, <laughs> who I think yeah. – you know, when he came out with his own Me Too story, which was horrible, him being sexually objectified, Michael is rolling his eyes, sexually objectified by like a director or something. And it seems like after that, just he's taken on this 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 role and this softness and yeah, almost you a know, buffoonery. Let me let me let me just say this. Terry Terry Cruz is a coon. Terry Cruz <laughs> is looking for his meritorious manumission. That's what he's looking. He's looking to be accepted and validated by white America. But if you look at it, for him, it's worked. 
look at how he's come out of obscurity and now he's got all these different gigs from you know america's got talent movie roles coming at the wazoo and all these things that's what meritorious manumission is it is if you continue to buck dance yeah if you continue to be a coon we'll keep feeding you yeah the minute you stand up and say i'm not doing that anymore you're not only fired you're blacklisted Exactly. You know, everything with black in front of it is negative. And it's just like with, um, you know, uh, there's a new movie out right now, Black and Blue. It's supposed to be based off of a true story. And it's one of the few times that they have um, a black female lead and they're not the victim. You know, like this lady is a cop. (laughs) And, I mean, it's totally cutting edge. But they have a formula. And, um, you know... Usually, if they're if if the black person is in there, then they're usually the victim. They're never the um, lieutenant or the person in charge. Or and it says the same thing with the Asians. They're always the computer geek. You know, never having any um, uh, intimacy or any of that type of thing. They have a formula, and usually the black man is the fugitive or um, you know the the maid. Um, and, and I don't know if you've ever um, oh um, Eddie Murphy is you know reemerging mm-hmm. and coming back mm-hmm. and he's got a there was a movie out called Mr. Church and great movie excellent movie incredible act. and at oh first I was like well he's just the cook but he was more than that and it, I don't want to give it away but I mean you really need to watch this movie I'm, I'm going to tell you this about that movie and then I'm, I'm not going to like you said I'm not going to give it away Eddie Murphy's performance was so incredible that I forgot he was Eddie Murphy. Yeah. I forgot he was a comedian. Yeah. Like, that he messed me it. up. It, like, I didn't know he was that good. The range. He's good? Yeah. But that took him to, like, man, Mr. Like, Church. Yeah. Please, yeah. you gotta. You've never seen it? It's on Netflix. And, Get it. And what's, what's brilliant? <laughs> yes. What's brilliant about it? Let me tell you what's brilliant about it, and, and I'll leave it alone. You, I forgot he was Eddie Murphy, the one we know, but there are still little subtle, funny moments in there mm-hmm. that makes you laugh. Say, that's Eddie Murphy. But he's so, man. The dude I'm going to have to check it out. Oh I'm God. the one like, of like the tonight. three of us that I have not like watched tonight. that movie. Like tonight. It's, it's on. Oh, us. It's awesome. perfect. Super, super, super clean. Super, super, yeah. super clean. I like that. And my thing of it is, you know, um, in this movie, he. He uh, cooks for white people. And it's, you can tell it's a little bit kind of Hollywood, you know, but at the same time. There's more man, to it. It's, it's, it's lots, yeah, of layers. lots of layers. Yeah. Awesome. And, it, and it's great to see black people in roles like that. Right, and I right. think with, you know, the advent of things like Netflix and Hulu mm-hmm. and all these extra channels that we are able to have more stories that are more inclusive and that are actually about our true life and that are about interesting things and and black people that are having interesting roles. Like I watched so far one episode of Watchmen on HBO that stars Regina King. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's, it's really interesting role and it's, and it's great to see um, that we get to show some depth that we're not just whores and pimps and, you know, criminals and things like that and that really you know that leads into back to our discussion and i think that 
um, actors and actresses and the roles that we've had that that plays into this feminization of black men. But to take something like hip hop, which is a music genre Mm -hmm. that has always been so strongly Mm. uh, masculine, Mm. almost too much, because we can have a whole (laughs) show about how how. yeah, Go, but stop. how it, you know, has not done black women <laughs> right. any favors. Right. And we'll talk about that a little bit. But to see, like, Pharrell, he's from the hip-hop genre. And then you see other artists like ASAP Rocky, who's been around uh, wearing, flitting about in scarves and things that are very feminine. Not, I'm not as familiar. Uh, I, I, I know the name, but I, I never listened to anything the he's ever recorded. So me the most. <laughs> the one that disturbed me the most as far as scarves and everything is they, because I always thought he was a, a pretty good quarterback for the, for the Panthers, mm-hmm. was Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. They had him twisted up so bad. Kenny. I was like, uh-uh. No way. Kemi Newton. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, what is really going on over here? Because I think that people don't realize what subtle messages that, yes. that imagery Micro, sends. Microaggressions. Subtle, yeah, it's subtle, yeah. Subtle. And then you have artists like Little Nas X, which who he came out and he is um, gay. So I don't even know if he applies to our conversation. But it does hearken to that feminization. And when you take something like our music, which we've always had these strong male images, and now that that is being attacked right, too, right, 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 right. and it's like so right. obvious and, and sort of disheartening. So as a black man, how does that make you feel, Michael, when you see these artists that typically are some of the last remaining, if you will, strong images of black male masculinity and that's being attacked. The word that comes to mind is ex- exploitation. Um, so while, while, while you were talking, I was thinking, you know, you mentioned hip hop a little earlier. And one of the most classic hip hop songs, in fact, to me, the only one that I can think of that actually walks you through the birth of hip hop all the way to the exploitation and, you know, of hip hop being pimped out is. Uh, by an artist called Common. He yes. Used to, he used to be called Common Sense back in the day. He dropped mm-hmm. that. And everybody knows who, you know, he's an actor now, but it's called I Used to Love Her. Unbelievable. And her is an acronym. You know, it's an acronym. And he talks about, he, he, he uh, fashions hip hop as a lady, as a lady, but he's saying, I remember when you first came out, and, and, and it's just, and, I mean, not only is the beat like, like sick, but his flow just really, if you, it's a crash course. You can listen to that and be like, man, I get it. Mm-hmm. So hip hop was here. Now hip hop is here. It, it is a phenomenal song. I would, I would encourage churches to listen to. I mean, it's, it just, it not only addresses the exploitation mm-hmm. of hip hop, you know, but it walks you through the stages because what I'm saying now, hip hop is so a part of the fabric of America. Hip-hop yeah. was not even supposed to make it. Hip-hop. I even I remember listening to uh, Biggie Small, some of his old stuff. He was like, I didn't even think I could make it doing this rapping stuff. You know? Yeah, because he would talk about yeah. his image being it's, a heavyset yeah. black man who you know, is ugly. He talked ugly. about how he felt he was ugly. Black and ugly as ever you know, this, was one of his lines. You know, this rapping stuff. You know, he was like, now I'm just like, you know. But the thing of it is, you have to listen. That's 
man, it is that song really uh, is the uh, embodiment of what has happened to hip hop. And you can't talk about America without talking about hip hop. Because it's it's a worldwide phenom man, it's, it's and a, it's, commodity. Man, it, it is it is it makes billions upon billions. And of when dollars you look at people. what has happened to it, it makes me sad to remember an artist as he used to be like Common, mm-hmm. and even mm-hmm. before him, the artist that you know started uh, the hip hop revolution, and to see what it's devolved into. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. artists like the Migos who have this ignorant mumble rap <laughs> and and all they want to talk about is is money and spending, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars on what's on their wrist and it's just so well ignorant and degrading. When you and when you talk and the flip side mm-hmm. of the feminization of black men is what I call the whoredom of black women. Mm-hmm. And as we're talking about hip hop in the music industry, when you look at the female artists, female hip hop artists, female mm-hmm. R&B artists, and you juxtapose them mm-hmm. against white, their white counterparts, look at how they dress. Look at mm-hmm. what they rap about. You take an artist like Megan The Stallion, mm-hmm. who's this beautiful, statuesque black woman. She's even educated. She's still going to college. Mm-hmm. But yet, what comes out of her mouth and her lyrics, it's all about sex. And it, it's as graphic as you get. And then, you know, she's performing in outfits, skimpy outfits with her butt cheeks out. And all she's doing is twerking. So as we're seeing that there's this push for black men to be effeminate on the flip side mm-hmm. for black women to be sexualized right. and you know right 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 and slutified i yeah. just made up a word but it's like <laughs> but it's, yeah, it works that's the the flip side of that argument you and know, so what do you think about that when you I, see those images here, here's the deal um when you're talking about you know black men being feminine see the thing of it is and i don't want to just just beat it up with the word hollywood but let's talk about hollywood okay um hollywood has rewarded black men with jobs if you can be soft that's that's in now and and i'll even go back further than that it's like in and i'm just being very honest here in white society it is uh, being gay or lesbian has always been more acceptable. It, it, it just has. It's, it's, I think it's a cultural thing. At least in my lifetime, it has always appeared to be more acceptable. You know, and, and in the black community, it was the extreme opposite. So it's kind of like, they're like, you black people need to get on board. This get, it's, it's almost like it's cool to be, you know, like that feminine. It's cool. Whatever it is, you know, and that's just like Will Smith's son. He came out. He was wearing dresses. He'd been wearing dresses for a while. He came out and... Yeah, he, he was the face of like a women's clothing line. Yeah. I don't know if it was Gucci or one of those lines. Yeah. So he came out. Well, he... He, straight, he, he said him and... Um, uh, I can't remember the producer's name that they had been together for years. Yeah, he came out on... He was, he was yeah, I, yeah, this whole idea of gender fluidity. Yeah, And yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't understand that either. And I think... And um, again, not to just constantly bash Hollywood because it's happening in in communities. (laughs) But when you see these celebrities and they have their children that are as young as toddlers and they are allowing them to choose their gender uh, like Charlize Theron. She has adopted um, a black child, a boy. Mm -hmm. 
And I think at age five or something, he told her that he wasn't a boy, that he felt like he was a girl. And now she is like allowing him to dress like a little girl. She hooked him They're right talking on up. about, you know, yeah. hormone therapy, gender, re- possible gender reassignment Man. surgeries. And I'm like, you're a child. You should not even think, be thinking about sexuality in any way, yes. shape, or form. Yes. And not only and that. And to allow children to make these yeah. decisions, yeah. these life-altering yeah. decisions. And not only that, um, that's why they're called minors. You could be, you know, a five- or a six-year-old could be watching a certain television show on TV and get this idea that, okay, if he's saying that, then maybe, maybe, that's, maybe me. that's me. Yeah. No, you don't get to decide no, anything. No. And why did why did you have to adopt? What I mean, I don't I don't get the whole correlation between why did you go and adopt a little black boy and allow him to be a little girl? Mm-hmm. I ain't saying you should go out and get a white boy and, and say, hey, what do you want to be? But it, but 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 the dichotomy is extreme. Very, very. It's extreme. Yeah. Like the the little black boy is like the color of your your blouse, mm-hmm. which is black black. <laughs> and she liked the color of this envelope. Mm-hmm. And he got bows and ribbons and stuff. Yeah. What is that? I have no idea. What is that? What, where did they do that at? I don't know. And and to me, I don't know, because uh, I think, I think um, they, they've been following, uh, the ABC has been following this girl, and I think she has uh, a show on TLC, um, The Raising of Jazz or something like that. And this was a boy <laughs> at the age of five told his mother that he's like, you know, I've never felt like a boy I, and, and these people are white. And so now, um, yeah. Cause I think Barbara Walters, uh, interviewed him at the time when he was like, yeah, five, six, something like that. And now they followed him all the way into, and so he's made the tr- transition to becoming a female has had bottom surgery and all this stuff. And I'm just like, I just, I'm, I'm like you, I just think it just puts ideas in people's heads and they, because you don't know what's going on at two and three years old. You know what I'm saying? You're still trying to figure out, I'm here on earth. You know what I mean? And so for them to be putting this ideology out there is just, it's just not cool. I don't care. You know, it, 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 it's kind of like, you know, they're, you're potty training them and it's like, okay, while you're there, what did you, what did you decide? You want to be a boy or a girl? Yeah. What do you want to do? Crazy. Yeah, and it's going as far as some people are trying to say, that uh, when you're having a child or about to give birth, that it's wrong for you to, at the child's birth, to assign their gender. And I'm like, excuse me, if my child comes out with a penis, of course I'm going to say that that child is a boy or a little vagina, that it's a girl. Wow, that's really... And they're just saying that they're trying to, to, to go down this road of, no, you don't assign a gender at birth you wait until they get old enough to know what gender they want to be or what gender that they um, that they feel that they are. <laughs> and I'm just like, are we really going that far? And again, this is not any kind of anti-LGBTQ plus discussion, but mm. I think sometimes this stuff is just going too far. I mean, it's, it's to say it's going too far is, is, is man, putting it mildly. You know, it's kind of like um, they, the powers that be, <laughs> they develop mechanisms to control people. So one of those mechani- mechanisms that they use to control is, well, if you're saying something even remotely um, negative, 
about this particular, you know, uh, a, a gender assignment or, you know, or you, you're saying you're against it or you don't think it should be like that, then you're just, you're toxic. Mm-hmm. And that's sad. I'm not toxic. I just have common sense. Well, and, you know what I mean? Isn't that what America is based on is having freedom of speech and being able to think how you want to think. So your, your opinion is, is a, <laughs> her opinion is B. Right. Okay. So right. you should be able to think however you want. And I don't understand why, why, because I think a certain way then you have to think a certain way. It says, mm-hmm. it's almost like, um, you know, the, the whole, you know, what's good for you should be good for me too. Right. No, that's not how it works. Right. Everybody has their space right. at the table. Right. So, you know, and just because I think a certain way, this that's what works for me. It doesn't necessarily mean it's right or whatever. But, I mean, I, people, I said if we were all cookie cutter and the same, this would be a very boring world. No, that's just like, and let me say this, this this might be off a little bit subject-wise, subject, subject wise, but that's just like this whole people of color thing. I don't buy that. I'm you, black. I'm black. So <laughs> there has never been a struggle like the black man struggle. Black, black. That that is the that is it's the struggle unique. of struggle. Yeah. That Our is the struggle, struggle of struggles. Is unique. There's, There's no other group you can't of mix, people. You can't mix us in with gay people. No. You you can't mix us in with Hispanics. Because there's no other that. group of people that have gone through over 250 years of mm-hmm. chattel slavery, Jim Crow, and all the other BS. That we go through, that is very exclusive to the black experience in America. And you know, that's just like, let me say this. There's a person that I interact with on a regular basis. And this person is probably, I'm going to say, mid to late 30s. Doesn't know anything about anything and is not trying to learn anything about anything. If we can't talk about the football game, we can't talk about anything. And the reason I'm bringing that up is like, dude, are you serious? Like, you don't know, I mean, you don't know what's going on? I mean, you don't even have a a clue. And the thing of it is, it's kind of like, um, that's that's total bliss, you know what I mean, for a lot of people, to just not know. That doesn't mean that you're gonna get a pass because you don't know. You, you're just going to go down a lot harder. You're just going to get bulldozed. Yeah, it's just like you're going to get moved out of the way. Yeah. And so what I'm saying is it, it is incumbent upon everyone to know what's going on around you. Now, I'm a little bit of a news buff, okay? You know, Me too. Not, not everybody, you know, not everybody is, you know what I mean? So, yeah, you know, you know, that's, thank that's, God for the internet. You know, so we can that's, get, yeah. That's, that's my frat. That's my frat. You know what I'm saying? But, but, my, but what I'm saying is, you have to know something about something. And take, you've got you've got a whole generation that gets and, and I'm a former news reporter myself, so I'm like, you know, legitimate uh sources, <laughs> you know, uh literary sources, newsworthy sources, you know, the whole CNN, BBC, USA Today. Okay, right. those are good. You've got a whole generation of people that get all their news from Facebook. Right. Okay, if I see something on Facebook that is suspect, I will jump off, go to WGN or CNN and out. fact check it. Check but it you've got some people, they think whatever's on Facebook is the gospel. And I'm That's like, you need true. to, you know, and, and sometimes, especially like if somebody has passed away, 
and it might be the anniversary of them passing away, they'll start resharing stuff that was on Facebook. And I was just like, dude, that was like 2016. Well, that's true. I've seen you that. You know? I've and so I was like, but I I mean, I'll see it. And I'll be like, okay, let me fact check this to make right. sure what's going on. Because, you know, but you've got see, some people, they don't have that conviction. And see, here's the other thing, too. Just kind of going back to the whole feminization thing. It's kind of like what black men have discovered. If I'm, you know, if I'm an aspiring you know, actor, or, or, you know, I want to get into radio or whatever. Um, I need to find a way to get a seat at the table. And if, you know, it's kind of like when, when they evaluate black men, it's, it's physical. It's aesthetic. He's 6'2", 275 pounds. AK to the is a big black man. That's what he is. But he wants to get in that room. He wants to get into the – so he needs to tone it down, soften it up, and put some butter on, put some shea butter on. And, you, know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Get a shea on. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's how he gets in. But he can't buck up when he get in there because they're yeah. going to walk him right out. Yeah. And let's, let's take the conversation even deeper because there are even studies going on now – about uh, the food that we eat, uh, what we're taking in in our environment. And there are certain like food additives that destroy testosterone. Mm -hmm. There's hormones that we're subjected to in food from what our cattle eat or whatever, uh, pesticides and herbicides. And there's one in particular that there's a lot of studies about called atrazine. And it has been shown to be able to turn male frogs into female frogs. Yes. Atrazine. Look it up. Atrazine. Atrazine. A-T-R-A-Z-I-N-E. Atrazine. And they found, and they did this study with frogs, and they tur it turned male frogs female mm. to the point where they started developing eggs. Mm. And it's like, these are things that are used on our crops. And so there's this, uh, this visual attack that we've talked about, like with imagery when it comes to this. But then there's also possibly this hidden physical attack that we may not even be aware of. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, there's uh, changes even in women's bodies with, oh, with yeah. the food that we eat because, mm -hmm. you know, so like chicken is, is they say is the worst. It's got so much estrogen in it that there are little girl babies that are born with fully developed breasts. So not only is what we eat, you know, affecting a men and, and masculinity mm -hmm. with messing with estrogen and testosterone levels. It's also affecting uh, the physicality of women. So, and then you add that to the mix and it's like, my God, <laughs> we what got can, it from every direction. Can, what can you have? What can you eat or drink? Yeah. You can't even really eat beans me, because <laughs> soybeans are supposedly bad for men because that boosts estrogen levels. That's true. So soy is that. not good that, for men. That is true. Well, let me get a lagoon wow. and a diet water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's about where it's at. Yeah, because you try to be like healthy and you want to have a plant-based <laughs> diet. It's like, it's like and you, your and your food, your crops are being bombarded with these yeah. pesticides. You know, that it's, it's like you want anything else? Up. No, I'm straight. No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm just yeah. So. Well, now you gotta worry about the water. 
water. The water might yeah. be contaminated. Oh my God. Because all these yeah. pesticides and herbicides are running off into our water. You know, I, I have to say this, and this, this is just straight up. I'm not sure what the purpose of the FDA is. What do they do again? Well, the what, well, the FDA as it is today <laughs> under the, the dump administration, right. I mean, of course, you know, they have rolled back all these different protections. So everything is, is worse. Our it's environment just... is being bombarded. So that's a whole other thing. But it's like, you, you have to think then, and you know, I try so hard not to be a conspiracy theorist because I think that can take you to crazy town if you're not careful with that. <laughs> But um, you know, crazy town. Yeah, I don't know. What's my zip? Because, I don't know what my zip code is. You know what I'm saying? Because you can go too far down that road to where then everything becomes a, yeah. a conspiracy. Right. But then you you just have to ask: Is this genocide? Yeah. And the article that Michael that you had sent me that we read, and mm-hmm. I can't uh, remember the source of it, but they talked about the difference between a hard genocide versus a soft genocide yeah. yeah and 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 what that means and mm-hmm. the whole idea of of it is if if black men which i have said and karen you know i've said this for years if you're a black man if you're dead if you are gay or effeminized or if you're in prison you're a safe black man you're not procreating right right, exactly. right. you're safe I, I, I totally subscribe to that because I said they have been trying to exterminate us on all levels. They're taking the men. They're taking the children. I mean, here in Peoria County, we're one of the uh, behind Cook County, um, one of the top counties with with um, black children in foster care. Right. And they're um, fostering them with these white families it's been that way that, for years. For years. Yeah. And um, and so, you know, they're taking the food from us. They're taking our men. I mean, it's just like if you really think about it, you would be so scared. But I do have to touch on that, and I can't diss white families taking mm-hmm. black kids mm-hmm. because we're not doing it. I get that. I don't think that there's enough black families black that are adopting black children or that are fostering black children. I agree. So as long as they're in a home where they're getting love, hopefully they're getting right. some kind of cultural right. awareness. Right. I'm all for that. I don't have a problem with that per se. So I, I do have to defend that because if we're taking in more kids yeah. that, and you know, and I'm guilty of it myself, although um, my husband and I did help to raise a niece and nephew, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, we need to, as black people, we, we need to step up and start taking care of, you know, of black kids. You know, the thing of it is, is, and, and you're absolutely right. I have to uh, concur with that. I mean, it's kind of like, um, there's, it's, it's, it's kind of the same the same thing when, when, when we talk about foreign people moving into the hood mm-hmm. and opening buying up all the gas stations and the liquor stores and you you ain't buying it you really can't hate on them you've been here for three generations and you haven't bought anything so they're like okay enough is enough you but gonna, sometimes you know, I'm gonna be the devil's advocate uh, on that tip <laughs> because they come here right off the boat and get a loan and open up their nail store or the gas station or whatever and, and then we're right and here they and they won't give us nothing now that's true that's that's so another side of it that's very true problem with that. but but let me tell you the the other the other one of the other layers that you have to factor in with that is some people can get loans they're just not interested see there's this thing called buying up the block 
everybody's not interested in buying up the block. So there are some people who have, um, I guess what I'm saying is you can't wholeheartedly use the fact that maybe there is discrimi discrimination as it relates to getting finance. Because some people can get it, you know, but, but at the same time, there are so many opportunities that have been made available to black people that they have passed on. Well, and, and you know, you know this is I mean? the thing where like people talk about integration and and what integration did to the mindset of African Americans is that it made us less entrepreneurial in a sense, and so um, workforce because yeah, when you when when we were segregated and we had to own our grocery mm -hmm. stores, we had to own our mm -hmm. own businesses mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. you know we couldn't do businesses in white business. So there's that difference. And when you talk about buying the block, that is such a beautiful concept. But a lot of people, instead of wanting to buy the block, they're more wanting to get off their block. You yeah, know what true. I'm saying? Yeah, that's true. They want to move yeah, away. That's true. It's like, that's you know, black, like what we see in, in, in uh, with white flight, as you call it here in Pure, and we've discussed it with our um, gentrification episode. Mm -hmm. It's like you find that black people, too. Well, I want to get out of my problematic neighborhood, too. It's like yeah. I don't want to <laughs> buy up the block. I don't even want to be on this block myself. You know, so that's it, part of right. it. And I, and I remember uh, Tupac. I saw him many years ago in an interview. The dude was prolific. He really was. He was prolific, like, like very, 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 uh, just eons out there. But the thing, I remember he said this, and this stuck with me all these years. He said, here's what white people need to understand. The same criminal element that they're afraid of, we're afraid of, too. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, what, what, you know, come on now. Right. But back to our topic. And, and, you know, I'm really trying to make every episode <laughs> to where we, you know, dissect a subject uh, on the wellness aspect. Yes. So then and so you're not that you're like our test subject or anything, but being <laughs> the black man in the room today, yeah. you're kind of representing what's happening. You're representing for that part of the tribe. What is it? that you do to maintain your um, self-identity in a world right now that's kind of attacking who you are as a black man and you could even be labeled as toxically masculine mm -hmm. or whatever. So what do you do to maintain who you are and your identity, your self-worth in this environment help the brothers listening <laughs> are you listening brothers all right no uh two things that immediately come to mind one is i just stay true to self i stay true to self and what's attached to that is actually um going back to uh my morals that were instilled in me my moral compass how i was raised everybody was raised different you know, but at the same time, um, I think one of the big mistakes that happens today, um, I'll even say in, in the black community is uh, people try to reinvent the wheel. It's already uh -huh. invented. Just take advantage of that and build on it. So that's, that's what I do. And sometimes you just have to be still and let stuff just fly past you. You just got to be still. So that's, uh -huh. that's what I do. And take every opportunity 
that you can with any child mm-hmm. versus male, female, regardless of the race, mm-hmm. and build up their self-esteem. Absolutely. You that's know. priceless. Yeah. That, that's priceless. Yeah, that's a priceless gift that you can give to someone to let them know that they are, are incredible little beings mm-hmm. as who they are mm-hmm. and to just, you know, build up that self-esteem in any way. What All would right. you add to that, Karen? Oh, absolutely. Um, it, it, it takes a village. And, um, you know, I, I say this all the time. I said, uh, you know, I come from a single parent household, but mom always made sure. And I have I had a brother. He, he was eight years older than me. But mom always made sure that he had examples about how to do what to do. Um, in fact, uh, one of my grandmother's friends, uh, he took Brian to um, Fred Shoebox, which was like the like oh, high-end yeah. store oh, over yeah, there yeah. in Gelsberg, yes. and he got his first suit and top coat. So yeah. they got him all um, straight when he was suited and booted. Man. Suited and Fred, Fred Shoebox was the boss. Oh, he was. Man. He was. They, so they took well. him there, and he because he was um, yeah because <laughs> when mom got sick, um, he was on his way to uh, Purdue. So they wanted to make sure he was making a good impression, and uh, yeah. So that first Christmas that my mother was ill they they did that they took him to fred shoebox and then we all got as um, my sisters and i all got to go to bergner's and then we got like a shopping spree mm-hmm. and um so i said i can't get any of the clothes but i have one pair of earrings that i kept from that experience and i have that memory so right, right. <laughs> that speaks to mentorship and yes, i think yes, if, if you're under the sound of our voice and you are raising um, a black male, I think it is so, and if you're in a single parent household, which we didn't even touch on how the government has messed with the black family, Big you time. know, in, in so many different ways from uh, the welfare system that that uh, worked to keep families separated and that you were like penalized if there was a black man in the home and all that foolishness. But hmm. if you're in a single parent household, um, Try and find a positive male mentor for your young man. Mm-hmm. I think that's so important because as awesome as we women are, it's hard for us to instill the things in our young men that a man can. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to devalue mm-hmm. my gender mm-hmm. at all because no, we it. are yeah. kicking yeah. butt yeah. as single as single parents mm-hmm. as we you know, we have to, so taking nothing away from that. But I think it's also important for them to have positive male role models and the other one, one other thing I want to add to that is um, you know this this is this is critical this is very critical I don't, I don't think it's even talked about enough but once you find that young man that you want to mentor or what have you be be very uh, how can I say be very balanced you know don't just discipline him mm-hmm. praise him as well mm-hmm. oh that's important you can't just go in on him you, you need to say, hey, you did that right, man, and I like that. That I mean, just, just be very clear. Mm-hmm. Don't throw no hints. Just be definitive. You did well, and I like that. Over here, you didn't do so well. We need to talk about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. That's, that's critical. Yeah, that's a balance. So thank you guys for being a part of this discussion. This has been a tough one, so I can't <laughs> wait to hear what <laughs> interesting feedback we get. And once again, this discussion is not anti anyone else. Exactly. It is just talking about a specific group of people that are marginalized 
and you know under attack in so many different ways from so many different (laughs) angles so thank you for listening as always and having an open mind when you listen to the podcast because you're not always going to agree with everything that's on here which is perfectly fine that's why we want to hear from you and hear your input we don't have all the answers we're just three people talking from our vantage points and you know we have different points of view from each other sometimes which i think is awesome which makes us a great panel so we look forward to hearing you guys on uh what is your opinion on this show on the feminization of black men and as always thanks for listening reach out to us we want to hear from you and as i always say ending a show until next week do something to make yourself happy it's not selfish it's self-care bye-bye tell me how to get